For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me, our basketball expert, Joe Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? Today we bring you the part two of our week preview on this doubleheader week with plenty of basketball to watch. We will be looking into the nine game that will take place on round nine. And we start with a, a game that we can expect to be highly competitive between Maccabi and uh, Fenerbahce. Without wasting any time, I will give you the word, Diogo, and ask you what are the advantages of one team, of the other team, and uh, what are the fragilities of these teams that the other one can try to explore. Well, I think definitely the, the backcourt advantage for Maccabi, because when you have that elite duo in uh, Wade Baldwin and uh, Lorenzo Brown, I think it's going to be very hard for Fenerbahce to match that. And even though uh, Wilbekin and Talo Dorsey have been very good this season, especially offensively, uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to, to control the other side of the ball because they're not great defenders. And both those guys from Maccabi can go off and score as much as they can facilitate for others. So I think Maccabi has a, a huge advantage there um, on the backcourt. And for Fenerbahce, what usually is an advantage for them uh, on this matchup, I, I believe Maccabi has the personnel to, to match with them, which is the 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 size and the physicality of the wings. Uh, but I believe that with guys like Ponzi Colson and Antonius Cleveland, I think Maccabi has a chance to match up nicely with Fenerbahce. So uh, I think Maccabi has an advantage here in this game. We will have some very intriguing uh, head-to-head matchups or individual matchups on the, this uh, game. As for sure, it's a high-talented game with uh, high-talented rosters on both sides. For me, the rebounding will be a very important aspect of this game. Fenerbahce is a good rebounding team. They rank 7 in the EuroLeague with 33.9 per game. But Maccabi is a very, very strong offensive rebounding team with 13.3, ranking them in 4th place. If Fenerbahce is able to take care of their defensive glass, take care of their defensive rebounds, that will put them in a more com- comfortable position on this uh, particular matchup against uh, Maccabi, and that will be, for me, one of the crucial aspects of the, the game heading into the into this match. In terms of individual matchups, and uh, picking already on one of the players that you just mentioned, Bozic also has been uh, maybe the best player of Maccabi. We know that he is not the most important player for Maccabi. We know how important Lorenzo Brown is, Lorenzo Brown is and that Wade Baldwin will continue to grow into one of the, if not the more important players for this Maccabi team. But Bonzi has been having a very strong start of the season and going head-to-head against Nigel Hayes-Davis in a game that we already know that the Chantier will be missing. It certainly will be a matchup to watch. And uh, once again, those wing players that you mentioned and this, particularly those th- these two players will be very important on the outcome of this game. 
What about you? Do you is this also the matchup that you will be looking at individually, or is there some other one that will be important for this game? Well, I'm definitely going to be looking into that one because it's for sure a, a very good matchup. Two of the best forwards in, in Euroleague, uh, but I'm going to be looking at that backcourt too, because uh, and like I said, both of those guys for for each team, Wade and Lorenzo versus um, Scotty Wilbekin and Tyler Dorsey. I believe each one of those four guys can put on a show any given game. And I think that as far as scoring ability, these guys are very important to what their teams can do. And Fenerbahce now missing some guys. So I believe Scotty and Tyler Dorsey will have to step up as far as scoring the ball. So I think that's going to be a very exciting matchup between those backcourts. Absolutely. This is a game of intriguing game that we can expect to be highly competitive. And I believe we will see the same on the, this other game. Uh, Olympiacos against Red Star is the next game on the docket. It's a game that I expect to have two teams that want to continue to grow on the, this edition of the EuroLeague. And this is an important uh, game for the aspirations of these teams that are uh, that are uh, battling against each other directly for the for the, the playoff positions and for the playing positions. So I'm convinced that this will be a very competitive game in a high-level matchup. Do what are Again, the strengths and weaknesses of which one of these teams and which one do you think has the advantage on this uh, matchup? Well, I, I think that if Olympiakos had the, the full team uh, with Milutinov, uh, I think rebounding would be something that Red Star would have to, to be careful with because when you have two guys like Fall and Milutinov, uh, obviously that's a, a very strong rebounding team. And plus guys like Alec Peters and we know Sigma is going to be back this, this week. So I think rebounding is going to be a question here because with Milutinov missing the game, I think Restar has a chance to, to do a much better job on the boards. Uh, similarly to what they did against Barcelona, it's just the rest of the game that they needed to be better. So if Restar is able to be solid on the, on the rebounding uh, on the boards, I think they'll have a good chance to win this game because Olympiacos has clearly been struggling offensively and I believe that Restar has the firepower to, to put them away. But of course, they, they got to guarantee possessions and they got they have to be very strong on the boards because Fall, Peters, Sigma, all those guys can go in there and, and grab boards. So I think rebounding is going to be a, a massive issue here. That's on point. And uh, so far, Red Star has been very strong on the rebounding aspect of the game. They rank fifth within the whole EuroLeague with 36.4 and they are first in offensive rebounds. And uh, Olympiacos using that strength of their own to be able to take care of their defensive glass and just contradict the, the ability of Red Star to get constant second chance opportunities will be very, very important. Not a lot about it. And for me, another aspect that I will be looking at is as simple as the points scored by Red Star on this game. I think that will be determinant for the outcome of this game because if Red Star is able to impose themselves offensively and use the firepower that they have at their disposal and be able to, in that way, just outscore Olympiacos, that's the way that Red Star for me wins this game. In the other hand, if Olympiacos is able to slow them down and is able to impose themselves offensively, that's the way that for me, Olympiacos is able to, to control and win this game. So the points scored by Red Star will certainly be uh, an important factor to watch during the, this match. In terms of individual matchups, which ones will be key on this game? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of individual matchups, uh, of course, uh, I always go to Thomas Walkup uh, on this game. But uh, I'm going to go with um, Simonovic for Red Star and Mustafa Fall for Olympiacos. Like I said, I think rebounding is going to be a, a big question here in this game. So I believe 
those two guys will be crucial for their team. And I think they're going to have to set the tone as far as rebounding goes for this for this game. I will have a similar run. And of course, World Cup against uh, Napier and against any of the guards will be very important. <laughs> I agree with you on that. But I want to see how Alec uh, Peters will be doing against the forwards and the big man of uh, of uh, Red Star. He has been the best scorer for Olympiacos so far with an average of 14.3 points per game. And uh, especially with Milotinov not being uh, on the game, uh, not being available to, to also contribute on that side of, of the court, they will really need Peters to, to step up and to continue to play at the level that he has been playing. If uh, Red Star is able to slow him down, for me that will be uh, a very important way for Red Star to have a shot to, to win this game in a very uh, hard uh, road game as the games in Pireus always are. Next game, we have a game of two teams that started the season struggling and which one of them do you think are improving uh, faster and will have the upper hand on this matchup between Milano and FS? This is a tough one because I would like to see more improvements from both of these teams. Uh, I think even though uh, Milano, uh, both Milano and FS won their last game, I think both of these teams can be so much better. So obviously I would like both of them to, to improve even more. Uh, but I would say on this particular matchup, uh, I think that Milano might have a, an advantage here because uh, of their size. I think Efes didn't really have much options uh, on the front court. The, Will Claburn plays a lot of minutes. Um, Tyreek Jones plays a lot of minutes. So I, I believe that uh, in terms of the rotation that Milano has on the front court, and then when you have a guy like Miritich, of course, it's always a, an advantage there. So I think Milano, just because of their size and their ability to rebound, I think they're going to be they're going to have the advantage here on this matchup. I agree with you that I think the Milano has the advantage on this matchup. And while both teams are struggling to find their offensive game and to produce offensively, I believe that uh, Milano has been showing to be a better defensive team despite the struggles. Yeah, for their sure. game with Valencia was a show of that, and we know that. Uh, Chris Jones missing that game, it really impacts what uh, Valencia is able to do offensively, but keeping a Euroleague team to 50 points is a show of you being uh, consistent defensively at the very least. And for me, that's where Milano has the, the advantage on this game. I will be very quick to go ahead and steal the, the match. Oh, the come game. on, don't and do it. Don't do it. Nicola Miratic against Will Clyburn. <laughs> it's two elite players. They are going into each other. <laughs> they are the most important players of their team. I don't think you disagree with me on this one. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's another matchup we can go to on this game. Absolutely. I think it has to be Miritic and Will Clabber. Yeah, that's going to be a battle for sure. Yeah, and, and it will be a very good one and a battle that will impact the the game at a very high level and the outcome of the game at a at very high level. Now, let's uh, go to probably the game of the round, even if... Uh, one of these teams can uh, have the ability to dominate the other one and just show that he's really, really ahead of everybody else. Real Madrid and Monaco coming to this game. Real Madrid haven't lost yet on the competition. Monaco has won their their previous five games and heading into this doubleheader, not heading to this game, but heading to this doubleheader. So there are two teams that come into this uh, doubleheader week in a good momentum. Monaco started... With some struggles, they really step up. They are healthy now and they are playing at a very, very good level. Can they give trouble to this machine of playing basketball that Real Madrid is? They can. Now, if they will, that's something we're going to have to wait and see. But they definitely can. I think they have the, the personnel for it. I think they have the, the firepower, the, the playmaking. 
and the ability to create, that can give Real Madrid some troubles. Uh, Real Madrid is a much bigger team, and I think that could be a problem for Monaco. But if they compensate the the lack of size, uh, obviously versus Real Madrid, because I don't think Monaco is a small team, but as far as going against Real Madrid, that's the, the point here. Uh, but I think they have a way to compensate the lack of size with their scoring ability, with, with Mike James being the, the best playmaker on the floor. So I, I believe Monaco has a chance. Now, it's going to be hard, of course. I think Real Madrid has a better team, has a better roster. So Real Madrid is the favorite. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But if there's one team uh, and one player that I think can give them a lot of troubles, it's Monaco and Mike James, for sure. And uh, we will get to individual matchups and uh, particularly Mike James in Facundo Capazzo being so important for each of these teams. They certainly will be absolutely crucial for this game. And uh, it's about the ability of generating baskets for each of these teams. On this game, and while this can sound almost silly to say in a team with the firepower that Monaco has, Monaco being able to score at the highest level that they can score and they haven't been too consistent during this EuroLeague season. They have an average of 78.7 points per game. They will need to be way better than that to be able to compete with Real Madrid because Real Madrid just has so many options and they are so good that they can make the game very easy for themselves. Monaco has been able to be a consistent defensive team in this edition of the EuroLeague. They are shooting well from three and those two aspects will need to translate into this game for the game to be competitive, but it comes down to the ability to Monaco to produce offensively and uh, for Monaco to be able to, to just score at a, at a very high level. In terms of individual matchups, and I think that uh, the Campazzo, Mike James one, is the matchup to that will uh, to decide this game. They are the two most important players of these two teams. I don't think there is a big doubt about it. But for me... Uh, can the wings and the bigs of Monaco step up and be competitive against the wings and bigs of Real Madrid and all of them from both sides? If Monaco has that ability, that's where they can try to level up with Real Madrid and try to, to compete. Which individual matchup for you is the, the most important one besides, obviously, this guard ones? Yeah, I mean, of course, that's number one right there. But uh, I think Jordan Lloyd or Elio Cobo, uh, one of those, uh, versus Zan and Musa, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very important because we're talking about the the number two guy per se for for each of these teams, and I think those guys are going to need to step up because we know Campazzo and Mike James that they always produce, they always play at a high level, so that's not a question there. But the the level of consistency for these other guys are, are kind of where these teams shows the inconsistency because they are depending on those second options to to produce. So I believe these guys are going to be very important in this matchup because. This is a high-level game, and everybody needs to step up. If they don't, I, the other team clearly gets an advantage because in these types of, of high-level games, you can't miss. Like You can't not show up. So I believe these second and third options are going to be very important to the outcome of this game. Yeah, and that's where the Real Madrid advantage is because while I agree that those exact players that you mentioned uh, profile as the second and third options for these teams, Real Madrid yeah. has the ability to to have Walter Tavares to be that guy in any given night, to have Yad Vassali being that guy. Yeah, Real Madrid has like six or seven guys that can be a number two yeah. option. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and that's where the Monaco really needs as a team to be able to level up and match it. It's a very hard matchup. Real Madrid is a very hard matchup for everybody. That's why they are favorites and that's why they are the number one team. 
But I do think that Monaco is in a good momentum and they have a shot to, to be competitive and to, to put up a fight against Real. Let's continue to move on and let's go to Kaunas for the game between Jalgiris and Bayern that uh, will take place on Friday. And this is a very important game for these two teams and especially for Jalgiris. Jalgiris started the season at home in an unusual way. They are 1-2 and two at home. We know that they, are, they tend to be a very good uh, home team and uh, their home crowd and home court is one of their strengths. And this will be a very uh, hard matchup for Jalgiris. One of the strengths of the, this Bayern team is the interior game and their big man. And one of the weaknesses of the Jalgiris teams is exactly the, the same aspect of the game. So Jalgiris will need to, as a group, they will need to perform at their best level to be able to, to beat this Bayern team that we know it's not as consistent as they will need to be to see themselves as, a, as certainly as a playoff team. But both of these teams are in a similar fight at the bottom of the, the playing fight. And this, for me, is a very, very important matchup. Do you agree? 100%. I think these two teams kind of have the, the same goals and, and as far as trying to make the play-in and trying to fight for that playoff spot. And I think both these teams started the season, uh, like you said, uh, with some inconsistency. And Zalgiri is not being a good home team. It's not something we are used to. So uh, I think this game is super important. And like you said, the, the fight on the interior with Bayern being a, a, a better team as far as centers and just having more size with Sergi Ibaka in there. I think Bayern Munich is a better team. But in a game like this, where Bayern hasn't been consistent and going on the road against a tough crowd with Zalgiris, I think this is one of those games where Zalgiris pulls through and gets the win. But uh, I could I could be wrong, of course, because in my opinion, Bayern is the more talented team between the two. And I think they have a lot of conditions to win this game, but they're going to have to perform and they're going to have to be consistent, which they haven't been so far. Uh, I think definitely three-point shooting is going to be a key factor in this game because we know Zalgiris is a very good three-point shooting team, but they don't shoot enough a lot of the t- a lot of times. And Bayern, uh, I think they have a lot of talent to shoot the three, but they haven't been efficient at all. So uh, I think three-point shooting is going to be a major factor here. Yeah, absolutely. Zalgiris is the number one team in terms of three-point shoot percentage. And we were speaking on our previous episode how they need to take it in volume because that's one of their strengths. And when they want to play small, they need to make up for that lack of size and lack on some aspects of the game. And they just need to embrace it and do it even more. While uh, Bayern is on the other side of the spectrum, they are the last, they rank last in three-point shoot percentage at 27.5. So that will be very important for the outcome of the game. And then, of course, the battle of the interior can Jalgiri step up and match up the the advantage that Bayern has on that uh, that part of the game. I expect the guards from uh, Jalgiris and especially Keenan Heavens to be more consistent than the guards from um, from Bayern, but I also recognize that the Bayerns from Bayern have the talent to try to match up and to play at a similar level in any given night. So there are many moving parts and many aspects of, of this game that make it one of the most intriguing ones of this round between two teams that have similar aspirations and make this game a very, very important one. In terms of individual matchups, Diogo, which one for you will be key? Yeah, uh, for sure, Keenan Evans for, for Zalgiris, but I'm not going to go with the, the guards who can match his talent or his scoring ability. I'm going to go with the defender, and in mm-hmm. this case is Nick Valerbab, because I, I believe in order for Bayern to, to get this game on the road, they're going to have to, I'm not going to say stop, but hold Keenan Evans 
to a to limited production. And I think Valorbab is the guy with the best conditions to do that. I think he's a great defender, and I believe he'll be the the guy to to put on Kieran Evans on this game, and that's their only chance to, to try to win this game. That's absolutely on point, and that's a, a great pick by you. I will go with Roland Schmidt against Sergi Baca. Um, while I think that someone else from Jalgiris will need to step up and show up for Jalgiris to, to be able to perform at the level that they need to perform to get this win, this particular matchup between these two players and Roland Schmidt being able to show up and be competitive against Sergi Baca that has showed the ability to be an impactful player will be also key and crucial for, for Jalgiris' chances on the, this specific game on, on this very hard matchup that they will be having in facing this uh, Bayern team. Next, we have a game between Aswell and uh, uh, Basconia. These are two teams that uh, have rough start to the season. They shown some improvements and especially Basconia on the last rounds show some considerable improvements. Which team do you think has the upper hand? Well, I think Basconia comes into this game as a favorite, a slight favorite. Uh, but I believe Aswell uh, has enough conditions to win this game. I think they've been playing very good basketball lately, uh, offensively. Uh, they've been a very good offensive team under Coach Pozeco. So I, I believe they have the talent to, to match up with Basconia offensively. Uh, now it's just a matter of who's going to be better defensively. And you can argue Basconia lately has shown better signs of that with Coach Ivanovic, uh, and especially because of rebounding. Uh, but I think if Aswell has some bodies in, in there, they have some size, so if they do, especially Mike Scott, which is probably going to be matched with Sarakerskis, who is Basconia's best rebounder. So if Aswell does a good job of, of limiting uh, Sarakerskis' abilities to get on the board, uh, I think you will have a chance because Basconia has been a, an amazing rebounding team to start the season, but it's not even due to the bigs. It's literally Sarakerskis, who is more of a wing, but he just gets on the board so naturally. Like he, He's such an amazing rebounder. So I think Aswell needs to, to limit his rebounding opportunities, and I think they will have a chance to win this game. But it's definitely who's the more consistent defensive team on this one, because offensively, I think both these teams have been very good. Yeah, defensively and physicality, like uh, Aswell being able to step up their physicality and just impose themselves against uh, this Pasconia team is certainly crucial for them to have a chance uh, in this game and for them to be able to compete this is a game that I know that we are not doing predictions, we are doing breakdowns of the games, but uh, this is a game that I will have a hard time to predict the, the outcome because it can really go both ways. And these are two teams that are finding themselves. I think Basconi is a slightly more advanced stage of uh, what they can be. But uh, this Asphalt team is also a team that has talent, has experience, and that can come to the top on these uh, games that uh, we can expect to be close and competitive. In terms of individual matchups, do you, who do you who do you have and who do you think will be decisive on this game? Yeah, I think uh, Marcus Howard for Basconia. No, 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 I'm wrong. I'm going to go with what I said first uh, as far as the <laughs> rebounding stuff. I'm going to go with Sarah Kerskis and, and Mike Scott. I think Sarah Kerskis is super important for Basconia as far as rebounding. So I believe Mike Scott will have to do a good job boxing him out and taking him hard away from the paint. Uh, but I think Mike Scott, especially under Coach Pozeco, because... Like he says, the best shooter in the world. So <laughs> uh, the best shooter he's ever seen. So I think Mike Scott will be important here, uh, stretching the floor for them and giving them looks as a forward to, to come outside and shoot the three, which I think they need to be a, su a successful offensive team. So I think these two guys are going to be matched up and I think it's going to be a very good one. I'm asking permission permission to cheat. Can I cheat on this one, you? Sure, <laughs> go ahead, man. 
I will go with the coaches. I will go with Pozeko against Ivanovic. It's because of what we spoke uh, in the in our breakdown of this game. These are teams that um, are improving. These are teams that need to, to find themselves, continue to improve. And that makes this game a game where adjustments, where strategy, where game plan will be crucial for them to be able to impose the physicality that they need, to avoid uh, the team to be out rebound, or to, be, to defend the other team better. So I'm going with the co- coach matchup, and I think that's... Uh, if one coach clearly has a superior hand, and that's we saw that in the end of this game, probably that team will have won this game. And for me, that will be the, the key individual matchup on the, this particular one. It, it, it's acceptable. Next. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's a, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's an acceptable pick. <laughs> I think so, I think so. I, I, two very good coaches, different styles, and uh, will certainly be very important for for this game. Next, we have a game that I expect to be quite competitive between Paratinaikos and Virtus. Paratinaikos is starting to, after a rough start, to show a little bit more and to mostly to... You are seeing, in my opinion, a natural selection in who are the top guards, who are the top front court players. And in a team that had such a big turnover from coaching staff, from players, that really is important for them to be able to play and to perform. But they certainly won't have an easy task against a Virtus team that um, come from their first loss. Uh, sorry, they have two losses already, but they come from a loss against uh, Real Madrid when they were in a, in a very, very good momentum. They went to play against a team that we know it's the strongest one and they just weren't able to compete. I expect Virtus to come into this double header with uh, motivation and willingness to be able to, to perform at a very high level. And... Um, this will be a tough game for Paratinaikos, but I think that uh, they can have a shot if they are able to to find ways to impose the way that they want to play. Do you think that Paratinaikos already knows enough what is the way that they want to play for them to be able to impose it at all? Well, uh, that's a tough one. that's a tough one because we know Adamant's teams is usually a lot of guard play, pick and rolls, uh, the guards driving and creating for other guys. And I do think they have a lot of good guards, but I don't know if that's the way they should play because they do have some very interesting inside options. And when I say inside, I'm talking about fours and fives so with Lasort, with uh, Mito Blue. Uh, Juancho is injured now, but Juancho as well. Uh, I believe this is going to be a, a game that has two very different styles because we know Virtus plays a lot as, as a team. Uh, they pass the ball a lot. They shoot a lot. They They have a lot of assists. They have an elite playmaker as a forward, which is Toko Shengele, of course. So they move the ball, and it's just collective game. And for Panathinaikos, it's a lot of guard play, a lot of driving, a lot of pick and roll. So I think this is going to be very different styles here. Uh, I think Panathinaikos might have an edge on this game just because of playing at home, and they are start, starting to, to play a little bit better. So I think Panathinaikos has a chance here. But have they found the, the best way for them to play? I mean... I don't know yet. Uh, they need to show more results in order for me to say that. I'm in agreement with you there. And uh, I, I will jump right away to the individual matchups because that will uh, speak about what I was about to say next. And I will go with Toko against Mitoglu. And while I expect both of these players to be able to to perform at a very high level, to impact the game at a very high level, we know how important they have been uh, to both of their teams uh, since they have been able to contribute to, to both of their teams. Is Paratinakus able to defend Toko at a good enough level 
for me, this will be one of the keys of uh, of this game and of this particular matchup. We know that uh, Tolko is not only the best scorer of this team and his offensive input is very important for Virtus. He's also the playmaker, as you just mentioned. He's one of the pieces that makes the ball move and uh, creates opportunities for Virtus. And that is the key of their game. Can Panathinaikos have solutions? I have my doubts. I, I don't, I'm not sure that Panathinaikos have a defender or a defensive scheme that will give much trouble to, to Virtus. And if Virtus gets on the run against Paratinakos team, that's where uh, Paratinakos will be in trouble and will struggle to be able to to keep up. I assume that uh, you would agree with me that this is an important matchup. Do you have some different individual matchup? And also, uh, do you think that Paratinakos has the, the pieces or the scheme to be able to slow down Toko, to slow down the way that Virtus plays offensively? Well, I do have another matchup because you picked that one, so I would have to, have to change <laughs> mine. Um, but I think without Wancho, it's going to be a little bit hard to, to contain Toko. Uh, but I think uh, Mitoglu will do a good enough job uh, as far as... I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup, like you said. And, and even though I think Te- Toko will still be himself and he will still produce at a high level, I think Mitoglu will give him a very good matchup. Uh, as far as another one, I, I would have uh, Daniel Eckett and Marios Grigonis. Uh, I think those are two very important guys on these teams. Because even though they're not the, the main point guards, I think uh, the ball goes through them a lot and they make a lot of decisions that are important for this team. And both of those, those guys also have some commitments defensively and especially Daniel Eckert, who is a great defender. Uh, I think he's going to be very important uh, guarding the, the guards from Panathinaikos. And for Grigonis, just his ability to play up in his position, uh, playing the three and just showing his versatility on the floor for this Panathinaikos team. I think this matchup is also going to be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And especially being played in the Oka and how special that atmosphere and that environment can be. I think that will make that a highly competitive and a very intriguing game to to name for and to watch. That uh, I expect to, to be, at the very least, a good show to, to show Virtus returning to the high level of play that they were being able to, to play at but also Paratinakos to continue to improve and to continue to play uh, better and better from game to game. Next, we go to Spain, to the game between Barcelona and Valencia. These are two teams that are at the top of the standings, but I think they are in quite different situations. This was my fear with Valencia, that uh, they didn't have the type of talent to sustain missing some crucial pieces, and I think we saw that with uh, Chris Jones being absent. They don't have the playmaking to make their offense uh, to work. And on the other side, I see Barcelona that started very strong, but they are still improving. You saw Jabari and Willy starting to play at a better level to be more impactful off the bench. I don't think that Valencia has the, the depth to be able to hand Barcelona or the enough creation to, to be able to go against this Barcelona team. Is there a way that for you, Valencia can impose themselves on this game and can can win this, this matchup? Not really. Uh, I mean, and especially if Chris Jones doesn't play, uh, I think it's going to be very hard for Valencia to, to compete with Barcelona. Um, of course, they are a very good defensive team, but Barcelona is very organized. They are very consistent. So I, I think Barcelona is going to give Valencia a lot of troubles, and especially shooting the ball. Uh, Valencia hasn't been uh, the three-point shooting team that they were last season. So uh, I think Barcelona has a big advantage there. And, and they just have the, the bigs, I think, Valencia is a very physical team, but I think Barcelona, I just don't see them creating enough problems to Barcelona for it to be a, a factor in this game. 
And of course, if Chris Jones doesn't play, it's very hard for Valencia to be competitive against any team. We saw what happened against Milano. Yeah. So especially against Barcelona, I think it's a it's a tough matchup here. Yeah, I just think that Barcelona has the pieces too. They take good care of the ball. They are able to play it a very good rhythm. They have high-level players coming off the bench. It, it will be a very, very hard matchup for Valencia, for sure. And in terms of individual matchups, I will go with Jan Vaisali against Brandon Davis. I have a feeling that Brandon Davis will try to have a big one and try to play at a, at a very high level on this matchup. But uh, Jan Vaisali is having a very strong start to the season. He is the, so far the statistical MVP for this Barcelona team, even if we know that he's not the, the most important player for the team. He's playing at a very high level. And I think that fight, particularly in a game that I don't expect to be close, uh, I think that that fight will be an interesting one to follow, especially early on into the game. What about you? I'm going to go with the forwards. I'm going to go with Jabari Parker, who has been playing at an extremely high level, and, and Sammy Ojale, because if there's somebody for Valencia that can contain Jabari Parker and do a good job on him, uh, is Sammy Ojale, even though uh, English could also do a good job there. Uh, but I think Sammy Ojale is going to be the matchup for, for Jabari. And I think both those guys uh, are very good. They are physical. And I think that's going to be a very interesting battle. We end with the game between Partizan and Alba. For me, this is a game that Partizan needs to win and they should win. And they have the, the obligation of doing enough to put themselves into a position to compete and to try to win the, this matchup against Alba, especially when they are playing at home. Do you expect them to do that? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, obviously, I think this is a must-win game. Uh, when you want to be a, a contender and a, a true title contender, you have to win the games you're supposed to win. And, and this is one of them for Partizan, playing at home against a very inexperienced uh, Alba team. Obviously, they play good basketball. They are very fun to watch. But Partizan is clearly the better team here. And, and I believe it's an obligation, like you said, for them to win. So I think Partizan is obviously the favorite. And I think they, they really need to win this game. But I think they will. Yeah, this is uh, the type of matchups that uh, for a team that had a slow start as Partizan did, it becomes almost mandatory for them to, to lose. Of course, the season doesn't end if they they were to, to lose this game. We know that Alba can compete in high-scoring type of games and we can expect this to be a high-scoring game between two teams that like to, to score at the high level. But I think that Partizan can uh, not only uh, score at a higher level than Alba can, I think they have the consistency and the physicality, the, the pieces to be able to also slow down and to give some troubles uh, to Alba. Maybe not throughout the, the 40 minutes, but as part of the game. And that will should allow them to go on runs and to just create a, a comfortable margin heading to the, the end of the game. And with that, uh, Partizan should be able to impose themselves and to, to conquer this win. In terms of individual matchups, you, where, what you will be looking at? I'm going to go with Zach Lede and Johan Steeman. Uh, I think uh, for Alba, if there's one guy that provides some consistency, it's Johan Steeman with his experience and his ability to play at the forward spot. Uh, and I think if they're going to have a chance, they need him to be at his best. But obviously, it's going to be very hard. Partizan just has a lot more options and more consistent options. So, uh, But I think that matchup at the forward spot will be very, very interesting. What about you? I will go with uh, the other forwards. I'll go with Nanali and Sterling Brown. They have been the two best scorers for two, these two teams. Nanali is playing at a very, very high level. He he always has played at a high level, but he's been particularly impressive on uh, so far in this edition of the EuroLeague. Partizan was needing a player to step up, and he has been doing that. Sterling Brown is also showing that uh, 
he's able to be a high-level league player. I think that can be an interesting individual matchup. But another player that uh, I will be looking at is uh, Frank Kaminsky. He has been showing uh, to be improving, to get uh, accustomed to to the game and uh, to gain some rhythm. And uh, this is the type of matchup that uh, the big man should try to to impose himself and to really impact the game at a very high level and just bring some stability to his team through through his game. And uh, yeah, he yeah. will be a player I'll be looking at as well. Yeah, not only him, but I think yeah. Boklo as well. I think both because yeah. I, I think he's going to be available this this week. So I believe those two guys have a chance to really be dominant in this matchup, and I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. This takes us to the end of the this preview of round nine. Tune in on Monday for our first part of our recap of this week filled with action of the EuroLeague. On Tuesday, we'll have the, the second part, and we'll be re- recapping the round eight and the round nine. Then on Wednesday and Thursday, we bring you guys our previews of uh, what to expect from the, the next round of the EuroLeague. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you all next episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.